Hey everyone, PK here. I'm so grateful for you to be joining me again. I really appreciate you being part of this podcast community, you know, where we're really trying to achieve financial happiness. You know, financial happiness doesn't equate to overall happiness <laughs> necessarily, but it goes a long way. So thank you for being with me. I got so much great feedback on our last episode of Q&A. So in this episode, we'll be doing the same. Okay, so we'll be going through two questions. The first question is, you know, stocks versus property investing. What can property investors really learn from stock investors to beat other property investors? You know, what is better, stock investing or property investing? And if we can achieve huge results in property by using stock investing principles and data, then what are those and how should we do that? Okay, really interesting question. And the second question in this episode will be the end-to-end process for buying an investment property DIY. Okay, so it's really confusing sometimes. You know, you don't know what you don't know. You're scared of making mistakes. There's so much involved in buying a property, especially interstate, especially if you want to get a good result, you need a team of mortgage brokers, conveyances, select suburbs. I'm going into the answer a little bit, but we'll be spending some time going through the six steps so you can really demystify it in your mind and, you know, hopefully just take that next step. It's not achieve. It's not about achieving, you know, the $100,000 passive income goal right now. It's just about achieving the next step. Okay, taking the next step, because that's all that we can do. So hopefully this episode allows you to do just that. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Do you want to achieve wealth and passive income through property investing? PK Gupta, host of Oz Property Investment Mastery, will help you achieve passive income by buying top 5% growth and positive cash flow property and building a portfolio using data without you wasting months of time doing research, spending weekends at inspections, or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents each time. So if you are confused and overwhelmed by the amount of contradictory information available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. So the first question is stocks versus property investing in Australia. Which should you prioritize? And what can we learn? What principles from stock investing can we apply in property investing to get an unfair advantage? So let's just think about how you make money in the stock market. And bear with me, this is going to be um, useful. You make money in the stock market in its simplest sense by buying low and selling high. Okay, you buy a stock really low, cheap, and you sell it in the future you know, when it has risen. Now, the thing about the stock market is that everyone is trying to do that. Okay, no one is buying a share or no one is buying a stock because they have some warm, fuzzy feeling um, that they want to help a company or they want to use that stock as some sort of charitable or, or philanthropic venture. Okay, every single person who buys a stock, whether it's one or a million stocks in the share market, in the stock market, buys for the intent of making a profit, okay? And I know, I used to be um, an investment banker covering oil and gas stocks, Shell, Woodside, Origin, um, you know, Rio Tinto, BHP, uh, Oil Search, etc. That was what I used to be doing 90 hours a week. It was pretty tough. 
And I know how hard it is to make money in the stock market, because everyone is trying to do that. Now, juxtapose or compare that to the property market. Is everyone trying to make money in the property market? You as an um, aspiring property investor or an experienced property investor, you know, maybe you have a young family and you've already got a couple of properties all under the belt or you're starting your property journey. You know, you as a property investor want to make money in the, in the property market, but 70 or let's say 60 to 70% of people aren't really too bothered, right? And the reason is that 60 to 70% of people in Australia who buy residential real estate buy it for the purpose of living in it. And yes, of course, no one's going to say no to capital growth. No one's going to say no to making money. But those people aren't buying and selling with the express intent, with the scientific intent to make money, right? They just want shelter. They just want somewhere to live in, an emotive draw to a particular suburb, to a particular property, to a particular town, because that's where they want to house their family. Okay, and what that means is that gives us property investors or, you know, future aspiring property investors such an amazing head start in how to make money. Because in the stock market, you are competing against millions of cutthroat investors trying to beat you. Because the only way that you'll make money in the stock market is if you buy low and sell high. And that means that someone has to actually buy high. Right, So someone thinks that that stock is going to go even higher and you think it's going to come down, therefore you'll sell. So another sophisticated person is betting against you, right? It's sophistication versus sophistication. Whereas in the property market, the majority of people who buy and sell residential real estate are not sophisticated. They are not buying with the intent of making money. They are not selling with the intent of making huge cash. And that puts us in such a terrific position, right? Because if you can educate yourself, if you can know more than those 60 to 70% of people, then you are, you know, miles ahead of them and you can actually, you know, take advantage, right? It's a bit like running a 100 meter sprint. But, you know, 60 to 70% of your competitors are starting at 10 meters or 20 meters behind you. That's going to give you such a head start. That's going to give you such an advantage, right? In the stock market, we make money through long-term trading and short-term trading. Long-term trading means looking at the discount cash flows of an organization, seeing how it will perform over the next 5, 10, 15 years and discounting or bringing those future cash flows, stick with me here, into the present and saying, okay, if this is the value of the company and these are how many stocks or shares are for offer, well, this divided by this equals your value per stock. Okay, that's, that's long-term trading. And short-term trading means looking at charts, looking at graphs, dozens and dozens of them, and really assessing whether this stock is going to bump up or whether it's going to collapse or whether it's going to be volatile and where we should buy and sell. Now in property investing, it's really remarkable and you know, I'm sure you, you will resonate with this. It's really remarkable that not enough or nowhere near this level of sophistication is used by 
certainly those 60 to 70% of owner occupiers, but even the 30 to 40% of investors, right? Even the 30 to 40% of investors who are buying and selling property for the express purpose of making money, positive cash flow and capital growth to develop a passive income for themselves and their families, even of the 30 to 40% of investors, the vast majority, I'm going to say probably 90% plus, are not looking at the data. They are not looking at the trends. They are not looking at the graphs. They are not looking at the charts. They do not know, A, where to get the data. And even if someone, you know, dumped it in front of them, how to interpret that data, how to interpret the different factors, what are their relative weightings, how do we know whether a factor is strong, weak, or indifferent, you know, um, how do we interpret the trends just because a factor is strong right now, is it gaining or is it sloping, is it declining, right? So just like in the stock market, we analyze charts, and you know, if you do a quick Google search, there's all these, um, you know, all this jargon for how, you can read charts and how you can interpret it. And it, it's like a huge science. It's not perfect. No one's really cracked the code to say predictably we can make money every single day in the stock market. But there is a very, very, very close and precise and refined science to how to make money in the stock market using data, right? Factors, their relative trends, their relative weightings, how strong, weak or indifferent they need to be all together for us to say, yep, this stock is actually going to, to do well. Similar to that, now in 2020, we have ample data available to us in the property market. Go back 10 years, go back 15 years, you had to rely on population growth trends, you had to rely on proximity to parks, schools, shopping centers, you had to rely on proximity to CBD, which doesn't matter at all. I'll um, do a post on that on that soon. You had to rely on these sort of blunt instrument measures to say, all right, um, this suburb is probably going to do well over the super long term. In the short term, if it does well, well, that's a bonus. All right. But now fast forward 5, 10, 15 years in 2020, in fact, for the last five years, we now have ample data. We now have enough information, we have enough charts, enough graphs, and I'm not just meaning yield and capital growth history and um, vacancy rates and things. I'm talking, you know, and just to give a tip of the iceberg, days on market, developable land supply, um, stock on market, average vendor discounting, job advertisements, income increases, the type of, of professionals that are increasing in that particular area, etc., etc. We can digest this information and actually very, very, very scientifically assess whether this suburb is going to do well, whether this property is going to do well, whether it will give us positive cash flow now and in the future, but also, and in fact, somewhat more importantly, whether it will give us capital growth. We want that thing to go up and take equity in the first two, three, four years, right? So the main purpose of this is just to say there are not billions, probably tens of millions of people worldwide investing in the stock market using science, data, sophistication algorithms. But almost no one is doing that even amongst investors in Australia. So, you know, if you if you do want to do that, then you put yourself so much in advantage compared to owner occupiers.
but even you know in such a more superior position to the vast 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 majority of investors because i tell you even 90% of buyers agents aren't looking at this data they just have their own patch in which they know each house really well but still it's just that patch what if there's another patch suburb location etc that will do well that will do better okay so the the key takeaway from this is that if you're not looking at sophisticated data you are leaving money on the table you are purposely saying i don't really care about my property investing you're treating it like a place to live and that's really not how you should be going about it if you're a property investor okay so if you already know how to do this go ahead and do it right make sure you do it but if you don't know how to do this then i'm happy to help you i've formed a system um that is makes it very easy to understand oftentimes when people talk about data including myself whole bunch of people become a little bit overwhelmed their eyes glaze over all data maths you know algebra all this stuff it's you know you know what like even if i'm leaving $100,000 on the table let it be on the table i don't want to deal with it but when that data that system that formula those steps have become simplified so that the average person can understand it then there's really no excuse for you to leave money on the table okay you can buy high growth high positive cash flow property predictably using data and if you can do that yourself then i encourage you do it but if you do want help a predictable way to do this then then reach out and the second question in this episode is what is the end to end property investing process okay what's involved what do we need to do hopefully this helps all right so you know you're in your late 20s or in your 30s or in your 40s you have a wife or a husband you're in a relationship you might have a a, cu- a couple of kids you're thinking out uh 10 15 20 years out to your retirement you may already have an investment property or may have zero investment properties and you're really looking to take charge now and figure out how to get ahead how to develop some sort of secondary passive income source through property investment but you have no idea what you're doing <laughs> okay it's a uh, you're not alone i speak to hundreds and hundreds of people every single month um that are exactly like this and the first thing that i think they default to doing you might be defaulting into doing is to say look it's just all too hard it's confusing it's overwhelming i don't want to make a mistake let's just outsource it to the professionals you know in quotation marks however those professionals if they are actually um quite good they come with a hefty price tag a good professional will come with a price tag of 10 to 15,000 and you don't really want to pay that at least most people don't want to part with that so i'm going to talk about today how you can actually cover off both the art and science of property investing yourself why you don't need to spend all this money for a, a super expensive uh, professional Okay of course it does take a little bit of learning it does take um a little bit of time you know maybe 2 3 hours a week um for a month or two but if you have that then you really don't need to go to a professional or an advisor agent something like that um you can do this yourself you truly can and and I have literally hundreds of case studies um proving that you can but let me just explain to you right now how you would do that okay so to start um property investing you need to develop a strategy now i've de- i've talked about this many times before in these videos but an essential part of your strategy 
is borrowing capacity. So don't go to the bank directly, go to a mortgage broker, they're completely free, a good mortgage broker. And they will tell you where, they, they'll tell you what you can afford to buy, right? And so that's a key part of your strategy. And then you need to figure out what yield you want and things like that. And then it's all about once you know what you can afford um, and what yield you want, then it's all about going into suburb selection. And suburb selection is all about data. There are some people that say that you, have ha you must have lived in the suburb for a while to really understand it. There are some people who say that you need a really professional buyer's agent that knows the ins and outs, every crack on the footpath in a particular suburb in order to really understand what to buy and things like that. But you really don't. All you need to know is the data, and I've harped on about this a lot, so I'm not going to talk about that too much. Suffice to say, though, in about three to five hours worth of work, you can take the 15,000 suburbs across Australia, hone them down using data filter, filtering, and come up with your best or two best suburbs that you should be buying in. Now, once you've selected the suburbs, then it's about where in that suburb should you be buying, which streets and which types of houses. And that is easily achieved through more uh, data and through more qualitative data. So not just quantitative, but qualitative. So what I mean by qualitative is zoning. Where are the flood zones? Where are the bushfire zones? Where are the flight paths? Where are the main roads? All this sort of thing that you can actually find mostly on Google and also on local council websites. So you can hone into the various pockets of the suburb that are worthwhile buying in. Once again, never having traveled to the suburb itself and not having to outsource it to a professional. And then it's about finding the right types of properties. Now, there's a set criteria that you need to follow in terms of what type of criteria you should buy. For example, it should be north facing, should be away from power lines, shouldn't be on a main road, it should have the typical bedroom configuration that the typical type of demographic has or wants in that area. And all these sorts of things can be helped or can be aided by a property manager in the area, right? A property manager in the area, property manager, for those of you who don't know, is not a real estate agent, right? There's someone who will manage your property once you have actually bought it, you know, collecting rent, managing maintenance, all that sort of thing. But here's the thing that most people don't know. You can actually get your property manager. Let's say I'm in Brisbane, I want to buy in Sydney. I can get a local property manager free of cost to do my inspections for me. So that part of the process is taking care of you. And then it's about negotiating. Now, negotiating can be learned, right? Like I said at the start, if you have two or three hours spare in, in the week for about a month or two, you can learn all this negotiation. You don't need to do it face to face or over the phone call. You can do it over email on the contract itself. It's pretty straightforward. It's not rocket science. There are ticks and trips and um, tips and techniques that you should understand, but all very each easily understandable and, and learned. And that way you can do it yourself, right? And so you um, negotiate with the agent and then your conveyancer will hold your hand through the rest of that contract process. So you don't have to worry about things. Your property manager in the meantime is um, once the uh, house is unconditional, the property manager is finding a tenant, right? And um, once you've settled, which your property manager also will handle for you, the exchange of keys, the pre-settlement inspection, then it's about getting a depreciation schedule, which 
once again, if you don't have a quantity surveyor, let me know. I'll, I'll give you mine free of cost. Um, quantity surveyor does a depreciation schedule, which helps you get your tax deductions right up. Right, you want to save on tax. What else is left? And then at the end of the year, to actually claim deductions and claim everything, you need your accountant. So once again, if you don't have an accountant, let me know. I'll, um, I'll share mine with you free of cost. And so really what I'm trying to articulate is people get stuck in property investing of how to start, where to buy, what to buy. How to start can be helped and can be understood just through some coaching, some mentoring. You don't need to spend ten dollars or $15,000 on that, okay? Effectively, how to start means what price point, which is answered by the broker, um, what yield, which is helped by some strategy, not, not $10,000 worth of strategy, but a bit of strategy guidance, whether I should be active or passive, right? Should I do developments and things like that, or should I just buy a set and forget? And the fourth question, and how do I start, is do I, am I open to regional centers or capital cities only, right? What's my risk appetite? Am I open to buying in non-capital cities or not? And once again, you can decide that for yourself looking at data. Regional doesn't underperform capital cities, but it can be a bit more volatile. So once you've answered those four questions, what people get stuck at is, well, where should I buy? And I'm telling you over and over again that there's a, there's a number of factors you need to consider. All of this can be done on top, sorry, in front of your computer, in front of your laptop, at home. I have literally hundreds of case studies of clients that have made huge positive cash flow, huge capital growth that did it in front of their screen at home, Fick, picked and selected the suburb at home. And then what people, you know, uh, encounter the hurdle that they need to cross as well within that suburb, where should I buy? Like I said, that can be overcome using council websites and also some on the ground knowledge that a property manager can help you with. They know the qualitative lay of the land. They're actually there and you don't need to see them in person. Everything can be done over the phone call and they're free of cost, which is amazing, um, right? For this sort of um, knowledge. And then it's about buying, which a conveyancer helps with. Um, and the property manager holds your hand to, through the process of finding and keeping a tenant. And, you know, it's, it's all doable very easily by yourself. It seems very overwhelming. You know, oh, where should I buy? What should I buy? Am I making a mistake? You know, is this going to be a dud property? Is this the worst decision of my life? Should I even do this in the first place? You do need some help to understand the process. Right. So most people in my experience, whether they're already property investors or they're brand new, they need some help to understand everything a little bit more detailed. But what you don't need is fifteen thousand or ten thousand dollars worth of help. OK, and if you understand how to do it once, then you can just repeat it with the same team of broker, conveyancer, a property manager um, and accountant. You can just rinse and repeat this process and ac accumulate properties over the course of time yourself. You don't need to pay um, $10,000, $20,000 every single property. In fact, um, it's, it's quite interesting. Most of my clients, if I'm being honest, they already have one or two properties and then they've, they've gone to a buyer's agent or an advocate or a property marketeer or something like that. And then they come to me after they already have one or two properties saying, look, now PK, I want to learn it. And I just ask, well, why didn't you want to learn it yourself at the start? You know, save that money and get better results and become self-sustaining. And they said, look, I thought it was too much. I just thought I couldn't handle it. I thought 
I wouldn't know what to do, and therefore I just wanted to outsource it. But now I realize that, yes, it's not a walk in the park, but it's not rocket science either. And I would have rather, having done this journey again, I would have rather done education at the start, would rather have someone hold my hand through the start, through learning, through education, and then I could have been self-sufficient, right? So if you don't have any properties yet and are finding all of this really overwhelming, I just want to tell you that, yes, there's options to spend ten dollars or $15,000 on agents. And look, you know, um, all credit to them. But most property investors, unless you're a busy CEO, have zero time or zero passion about property. Most people, 90 plus percent people can do it themselves with a bit of handholding. And there are hundreds of people, there are thousands of investors that have done it this way. Um, so don't be overwhelmed. You can learn this. It's not hard. You know, a data scientist can do it, a surgeon can do it, an electrician can do it, a teacher can do it, a nurse can do it, a housewife can do it, a house husband can do it. Everyone can do it themselves. It just requires a bit of learning, like anything. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, you know, this is just raw. It's just straight from, I want to say straight from my heart, but it's obviously from the mind. But you know what I mean. This is not script, as you can see. The audio quality is not fantastic sometimes. Thank you for tolerating that. I'm just trying to, you know, give you as much value because it's the content that's more important than the production quality. But but we'll get there as well. Thank you for bearing with me. I really do want you to get ahead in your property investing. If this, you know, makes a difference to you, I would love for you to leave me a review on Spotify, iTunes. But even if you don't, I just want to say thank you for listening and take that next step. Catch you later, guys. Bye.